This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. This is not a regular player, this is not a pretty good quarterback. This is an all time great. Is he? A strange bird off the field? He's a little nuts, I think. Okay? That's his deal. Is he really weird? Yeah. You don't have to hang out with him. You just have to put on your Jet jersey, go to the stadium, and watch him do his thing, which is move the Jets down the field and into the end zone, which is something you have not had in years. Subscribe to the Mike Francesa podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Mike Missanelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another Mike Missanelli Podcast brought to you by the great people at Bet Rivers. Don't forget to download your Bet Rivers app. For all your betting needs, this is podcast episode number 14, and we are doing this on a Monday, October 24th. It's a special Monday edition of the podcast because we just had to do a podcast today. Uh, Listen, I have been covering sports in this town for a lot of years, more than 30 years to be exact, and there are a handful of teams and of seasons that forever stick out in your mind, and we come to you today. Uh, for uh, to talk about one one of those teams and, and one of these seasons. It's the 2022 Phillies. So let's start off this podcast by reliving the golden moment of Sunday's clinching game. Here it is. Hits one in the air, left center field, back it goes. Harper, the swing of his life. Yeah, that's it. That's the Bryce Harper home run, the game-winning home run that there's so much to break down with. But let's, first of all, let's label it. Can you remember a more dramatic moment in Philadelphia sports history? Now, a lot of people will immediately go to the Philly special. But did the Philly special actually win the game for the Eagles? They had to carry that on. They had to win the game themselves. It does not get more dramatic than a game-winning home run. When you need the home run, the dude hits it. Now, they're going to the World Series, and i got to be honest with you, just like all of you, uh, I'm just a a bit amazed and a bit stunned. They're in the World Series, and they're going to be playing the Houston Astros, who haven't lost a game this postseason. They just swept the Yankees, and uh, they'll be the favorite to win. There's no question in my mind. Uh, Say what you want about them banging on trash cans. They've now been to four of the last six World Series. They're a good team. And on paper, they're probably going to be the favorite because they're probably better than the Phillies on paper. 
but it doesn't really matter. This Phillies town, um, uh, uh, this well, this Phillies team. Excuse me, I'm getting all flustered here. All right, this Phillies team. A team I'm emotional too. I get I, it. I, I I'm emotional. I can't get the words out here on this podcast, but this is a team that slipped into the playoffs uh, with just 87 wins and, and made it in as a six seed, and it's now going to the World Series, and you'll never, ever, ever be able to forget that. Before they actually uh, won on Sunday with, a, a, a frankly, a Hollywood movie script, the home run by Harper, they needed a home run. He hit it. It was Roy Hobbs. What the F? And Jason Worth after the game called it folklore shit. And he's right. Now, this Philly story is one of the most amazing Philly sports stories ever. And I just happened to go through uh, a bunch of them in my head. And, uh, and I tweeted this out before Sunday's game. This Phillies team is one of the most amazing Philly sports teams ever. 2017 Eagles, obviously, but uh, they were good from the jump. They were good from the jump. They came in with the number one seed. The 87 Flyers, if you want to go back that far, that kitty core with Mike Keenan was a pretty amazing story, them getting to the Stanley Cup final. The 93 Phillies, obviously, we remember those characters, but they went almost wire to wire that season. Uh, the 08 Phillies, they were the favorite to win. This team, you go, wow. I mean, this team resonates like no other team that I've experienced in Philadelphia. And um, I've, I've now changed the narrative. The, the Phillies of 2022 are the most amazing Philly story ever in conjunction with Bryce Harper forging maybe the single most dramatic moment in Philly sports history. And let that uh, just marinate. Uh, you know, let that rattle around in your head and digest and and. Uh, you know, connected to the feelings that you're feeling now as the Phillies are in a World Series. We didn't expect it. It's here. It's a gift. So I, I know if they don't win, it's going to be disappointing. If they don't win to me, I go, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> because <laughs> this is so uh, uh, improbable and so amazing what they've done. So we're going to spend this, this podcast looking at this magical run closer. Um. All right, let's just go. A few weeks back, they get housed by the Washington Nationals in the whole town going, they suck. They're not going to. They rally enough to win the rest of that series. Uh, they have to win, frankly, the rest of those games that series. And they have to hope that Milwaukee folds, which they did. And all of a sudden, they're in the playoffs. And then people are going, well, okay, they got to play three games in St. Louis. The Cardinals are a pretty solid team. And so they go on the road to St. Louis in a best in three. They're down and out in game one. They rally for six runs in the ninth, and they just gut the Cardinals. That game guts the Cardinals. And they want to win in the series. They win the next game. They win it 2-0. So now here come the Braves. Braves have home field advantage, best of five. And they completely dismantle the 101-win Braves. They took them apart. You saw it. The, the Braves players looked like they, they were stuck with, with, with some kind of dagger, and then the Phillies just let them bleed out all over the field. Um, once they got to Philly, the Braves turned into a team that looked scared. They, they go, they're looking around going, wait, wait, we're supposed to be the better team. We're, we're afraid. And that was the atmosphere 
in, in Veterans uh, Veterans Stadium, <laughs> Veterans Stadium, in Citizens Bank Ballpark, uh, when they they played the Braves, Brandon Marsh hits the home run. The whole thing about that series with this this popping molten lava energy coming out of Citizens Bank Park. All right, that series is over. Then it comes down to this series. Uh, let me just say, uh, talk about Bryce Harper for a second, and we'll get into the nuts and bolts of this series. Bryce Harper, so far, 10 games, 10 extra base hits, and it's not over with yet. How many people have done that to this point? Uh, I got them in front of me. Carlos Beltran did it in 2004. He had 11 uh, extra base hits. Bryce Harper has maybe seven games to top that. Stargell. Yes, Pops. Willie Stargell in 1979 with the We Are Family Pirates had 11. Uh, Enrique Kike Hernandez. I don't even know how he gets in here, but he, he, he forged a moment in 2021 for the Boston Red Sox. He had 11. Hideki Matsui, Godzilla, in 2004 had 10, and the crime dog, Fred McGriff, in 1995, also had 10. So not many people do it. Bryce Harper's going to smash that with a couple of extra base hits in the World Series. Here's what he's done so far. Five home runs in the postseason. He's hitting 439. He's got 18 hits in the postseason. Six doubles, 11 RBIs. 10 runs scored. He has hit in 10 straight games. He's been on base in 11 straight games. I mean, this is mythical stuff. Now, just think about this for a second. Do you know how hard it is to perform under these kind of bright lights? No matter how great of a player you are or how how great of a player you're supposed to be, with such a small amount of time to get it together, it's hard. And you look all over baseball, and the guys that are supposed to be superstars don't get it done. You're going against pitchers that are are giving their lives to try to get you out. And when you start out in a little bit of a slump and you go maybe 0 for 3, 0 for 4, you start grinding. You go, I don't have a lot of time to get this together. Baseball's such a mental game that that messes you up entirely. Let's look around. Goldschmidt Arenado, how'd they make out under the bright lights? Dansby Swanson. And Austin Riley, how'd they do? Let's look at the Yankees series. They just got swept. Aaron Judge, season for the ages. And, and Mike Stanton, nothing. Giancarlo Stanton, nothing. They did nothing in that series. And Soto and Machado. Soto had a couple of moments. Machado had one moment. None of those guys were able to come through. It's really tough. Harper gets up there, and he goes, I'm Harper. I see the ball. I'm going to smash it around. He knows he needs a home run, and he hits it. That ain't easy, my friends. Only the special players, the special dudes, can define that kind of of playoff pressure and perform uh, like Bryce Harper did in this series. It's a special thing, man. It is really special. All right. Mike, can I add one note to that producer of the podcast? Darren, yes, go ahead. All right, so that that home run, which you and I have been talking about as the single most dramatic moment mm-hmm. in the history of this this city's mm-hmm. storied history, it's a five pitch at bat. He's thrown three fastballs. The fourth pitch is a change, and it's a good change. Suarez has, and he lays off. He's so dialed in. 
that to me, the next pitch is yard. To me, I just you can't write this stuff. Yeah, yeah we're we're gonna break down that at bat in, in a couple of minutes because it is it is dramatic and uh, it, this is the beauty of baseball and you can break down something like that and go through the mindset of what the what the hitter is thinking and what the pitcher is thinking. Uh, but before we get to that, let, let's you know you you have to go back before you can go forward to describe this series. Uh, uh, so uh, l- let me also uh, throw a shout out to Reese Hoskins right now. Um, he's the guy who hit the two-run home run against Darvish on a 3-0 count that got them going. And he's the guy that Philly fans this entire postseason have loved to hate. And, and listen, it, is it good reason that, that they hate him? Yeah, yeah, listen, he stinks in the field. He He... It's 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 uh, mind boggling that my man can't like catch a ball that's directly to him. Forget about the ground balls that he misses. Uh, I don't understand how he can just fumble balls like read double play relays where he doesn't catch. He's done that all year. I get it. But uh, the tweets that were were coming in about Reese Hoskins were absolutely ridiculous. And and I'm reading tweets like, well, put Bowman at first and put Sosa at third base. You're talking about a guy that had 30 home runs. In the postseason, home runs win series. So, like, I understand you're frustrated with his fielding, but you never take a home run hitter out of your lineup, and you always think that he can jack one, and he did. He had four home runs in this postseason. Um, so, um, and, and, and look at what happens, like, when you keep him in the lineup. Bam, he hits two home runs in one game, but he hits the home run on Sunday that gets them off. So, again, let's go backwards, and we'll catch up. And we'll start with this series um, on Friday. Uh, Kyle Schwerber hits the leadoff home run against one of the hottest pitchers going in Joe Musgrove. They came back home tied 1-1. We looked at that game and said, well, Musgrove has the edge over Ranger Suarez. He's been pitching really well. However, the X factor is he's pitching here. And we've seen time and time again, this crowd just lights up and makes it difficult for, for people on the other team to perform. So Schwerber hits one uh, the, the leadoff home run. Segura, who, who had adventures in the field, muffs the deep, deep double play ball, uh, comes back with the flick two RBI single, and then gets picked off. Um, but it doesn't matter because Suarez pitches well enough to beat Musgrove uh, in a situation where it looked like the Padres had the advantage. So they lose the game. The Phillies go up two to one. If you follow the nature of series, game one, game three, the odd games are always the one that'll gut a team. Because when you get up in an odd game, the other team has to now play catch up. The other team has to go on. We're, we're behind. We got to grind. We got to grind more. Baseball is a tough game to grind anyway. That's why it's so important to win that odd game. So let's go to Saturday. Billy Falter. He had a little accident in bed. All right. They get down four nothing. Obviously not ready for the moment. They're down four to nothing. But it doesn't matter because Clevenger gives it right back. And so Hoskins hits the two run homer in the first. Harper gets the double. It's four three at the end of one. All of a sudden the Padres go from comfort zone to oh no. Phils win the game going away 10-6. By then, Hoskins hits another home run. He ties it at six. Then the Schwarber home run. 
Then the Real Muto home run. And even Castellanos gets involved with a big hit off the base to give him an 8-6 to six lead. And now we get to Sunday. And uh, it's the top of the seventh. Now, this is why baseball is so great to analyze, because they're watching the game. And Cronenworth takes a strike. I'm watching the fastball and go, oof. That, you know, that's a, that's a pitch he should hit. Uh, as it turns out, Wheeler's velocity is down. The inning before, now he had, he had been at 99 during that game. The inning before, he was at 96. In the seventh, he's down to 94. So Cronenworth smashes a single beyond Segura's glove, and uh, it's a fastball at 94 miles an hour, and um, it's an uh moment. Now, you have a decision. Do you trust what you've done all year long, or do you trust your starting pitcher with the guile that he has as a starting pitcher, with the pedigree he has as a starting pitcher, and leave him in? Rob Thompson does the same thing he's been doing. The guy looks like he's done. It's time to get him out of there, and uh, he's at 87 pitches. You, you still have the lead. Thompson brings in Dominguez. Now, I, I would not have done it. Okay, I would have trusted my starting pitcher and relied on his guile to get out of there. And I know you're going to say, well, Mike, yeah, you you know it after the fact. Well, here's the thing. Dominguez had been very reliable, but it's raining. It's really muddy out there. I don't know how he's going to react to that. Wheeler's been reacting to it. Wheeler's been pitching through that rain. Wheeler's been pitching through the condition of the mound. So Dominguez comes in and, and obviously the rain and the mud was freaked him out. I mean, you, you saw it right away that he was all over the place. So uh, he throws the wild pitch. Bell then um, gets a carb strike right down the middle because Dominguez is thinking, I'm all over the place. I now have to concentrate on throwing a strike. I can't concentrate on throwing it to a spot where he can't hit it. So, the, so that pitch is a little fat, and Bell smashes it, gets the double, Cone the worst scores, the game is tied. They pinch run with uh, Azokar. Um, he comes back with two strikeouts. He strikes out Drury. He strikes out Kim. And then here's where it goes. The wild pitch gets Azokar to third base. And then the wild pitch scores him. And the crowd goes numb. Now, all of a sudden, the Padres are in charge in the seventh inning. Stott, leadoff double. They strand him. And here comes the eighth. Suarez has been good in this series, but his pitch count is mounting. Suarez for the Padres. Uh, Melvin gets up Josh Hader, the 100-mile-an-hour left-handed reliever. He's out in the bullpen. Real Muto singles, and here comes Harper. Now, this is where good managers get separated from bad managers. Why on earth would you allow the most dangerous hitter right now in baseball to face a guy whose pitch count is getting up, who's been used a lot in the series, when you've got a left-handed hammer in your bullpen. I, I don't know why Bob Melvin chose not to bring in Hader, but he didn't. So here's the sequence now as they're trying to get out uh, Bryce Harper. Sinker on the outside part of the plate. He's obviously trying to stay away from him with sinkers. There's no way that you're going to leave a pitch in the fat of the plate that he can rake. Sinker, 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 sinker. Harper by now is going, 
He's afraid to challenge me. He's not going to throw me a fastball. So his mindset is, I'm going to get anything on the outside part of the plate. i got to get the barrel of the bat on something that's on the outside part of the plate. He's going to try to sink me again. And after the changeup, it's a 2-2 count. Now, if you have any balls at all, and I'm talking about the pitcher, I'm talking about the catcher, who's Austin Nola, I'm talking about the manager, and I'm talking about the pitching coach, that is the time where you try a fastball up and in. You can't be afraid of that moment. So what did he do? He doesn't throw the fastball. He throws another sinker that tails away, gets a lot of the plate, and a great hitter who's geared up saying, you're not going to throw me fastball in. I'm eliminating that pitch entirely. I don't even have to look for that pitch. I'm going to look for a sinker on the outside part of the plate. My only thing is I got to get the bad head on it enough and get enough strength on it to get out of the ballpark. And there it is. Roy Hobbs. Folklore shit. Gone. And that is the beauty of baseball. When you play the mind game along with that at bat, if the pitcher is not going to come in with a fastball and you're protected from that part of the plate, then you can make it a little easier on yourself. But it's still a great hitter that has to hit it. You saw the the, the at-bat, Darren. You're thinking about the same thing that Harper was thinking. I got to hit a pitch that's on the outside part of the plate here, and I've got to hit it to left field. It's exactly what I was thinking. It's exactly what happened. It was so, uh, first of all, so I was at game four with my girls, my wife and girls. We were there Friday night. Saturday and Sunday I watched home. When that happened, I did a dive off my deck into my rain-soaked yard. It was the most unbelievable moment I could possibly imagine. We all said, he can't throw him that. He threw it. He recognized it. Let me ask you this. Even before the at-bat, Okay, what's a bigger story? And you're someone who's covered Major League Baseball. You're a baseball guy first before anything else. What's the bigger story at that point? Is it Major League Baseball saying, screw it. You guys are playing through this rain. We don't care. You got to know we're not doing a travel day tomorrow. Hell with that. Or is the bigger story managerial malpractice well, by not cool. bringing in Hater to face Harper? Yeah. yeah. I can't, I can't sit here and take anything away from Harper, but it is total managerial malpractice. Now, let's address the first thing you talked about. Um, that game probably would have been stopped, and I, I've talked to some people, and I know for a fact that Major League Baseball will communicate to the umpires that we would like to keep playing this game because here's the, here's the thing. If we go into the wee hours of the night with this game and we have a rain delay, we've got a game scheduled in San Diego the next day. That's going to be really unfair for players to try to rebound, get on a flight that night, get to San Diego, play that game. So if, if at all possible, let's play through this. Now, that, that mound got muddy. The field got muddy. It probably would have been stopped. That was a factor in, in keeping that game played, that Major League Baseball was really protective of a possible game in San Diego uh, and, and because there was no off day. But, but that's, to me, way secondary to the point of a guy needing to hit a home run and hitting it. But let's continue with the managerial malpractice because I'm, I'm like – flabbergasted I, I don't think it's that difficult to be a manager i really don't think it's that difficult to 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 do basic baseball I, strategies i, 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 I really I love don't the fact that you just 
That's yeah. easy. Yeah. Major League Manager. It is. No you know situations and what you have. You you rely on your instincts. And for instance, Thompson relied on his instinct that Wheeler was done. He didn't want to risk Wheeler giving up a bomb there. He brings in a guy that throws hard. He relies on that. That's that's managerial strategy, but that's also knowing your personnel. Um, when when you have traded for a guy like Josh Hader, and and you have the most dangerous left-handed hitter in baseball at the plate, and you don't use that guy, what else is that? That's total managerial malpractice. You can't think of who's who's after Bryce Harper. You can't think that Hader has to pitch the three batters. You, you've got to get that guy out. You can't let Bryce Harper beat you. And and this this manager sat there and allowed that to happen. So is that the bigger story? The bigger story is that Harper gets the job done by hitting a dramatic home run that maybe like two people on the planet are capable of doing. But him not using hater in that situation is just mind boggling to me. So so let's and, and obviously now. the home run trumps every it stops everything at that yes. point. But up until that home run, even at the at bat, right? Even through for the first four pitches of the at bat, the home runs a pitch five for the for even up to the fourth pitch of that at bat. The story is they let the game go. It's raining way more than it, they should have stopped the game. He Dominguez doesn't throw wild pitch three wild pitches. Yeah. That's he, he, the story up until the fifth pitch. It was unnatural for Dominguez to have his left plant foot slide on his delivery, right? See, he didn't – now, that's why I say Wheeler would have had enough guile to get past that. Dominguez is working on adrenaline where he's trying to throw 100 miles an hour to spots. And it obviously affected him. That situation affected him, and that's why he throws the wild pitches. So it, it, could Thompson have – like going said, figured that out maybe, but that's clairvoyant stuff. Like you, you had a guy you're going to rely on. You can't worry about whether his left foot is going to slip in the mud, right? So I don't blame Thompson for that. He brings me. It just didn't work out. But I'm talking about how they now regained it, and they regained it with Harper. It's just one of the purest, most organic moments in Philly sports history. You're right. You, you need the home run. He hits it. A freaking home run. As a fan. Your spleen just explodes and your brain pops out of your head. I mean, what the F? You need a home run. He hits the home run. He puts you in the lead. It's it's just mind-boggling. So um, Emotion-wise, like serotonin-wise. Like you said your brain, like yeah, your brain, the rush you know, of you know, dopamine you, you, and serotonin at that moment. It. It's like somebody scripted it. It's it's, it's Robert Redford <laughs> hitting the light tower. It's just it's just phenomenal. The moment is phenomenal that, that he sees that moment knowing he needed a home run and hitting the home run to the point that when he went back in the dugout afterward, he says, Oh my God, I just did that. Like that, yeah. th that rush of that, that would to me, and I've been around my whole life. I'm 48 years old. Mike, you're, you know, you got me by a couple of years, but we you know we've been to a lot of these things, a lot of them together. There's never been a moment. This, it was the single most dramatic moment in, the, in this, yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. And it, it's like, here's the thing that makes that so special from a player standpoint, because a player who's not Bryce Harper, who may be a great player, but doesn't have that mindset, that elite, over the top mindset. Bryce Harper is thinking one thing there. He's thinking, this is my at bat. It's me against the pitcher. In my head is not, oh, my God, I have to hit this or we're going to lose. There is nothing else that's clouding his mind except concentration on how that guy is going to pitch him. 
And that's so difficult to do for any player because any player knows you hear the crowd roar as you walk up to the plate and you go, oh, my God, they, I, this is such a moment. I've got to hit a home run here. That's what he didn't do. He just got in there and concentrated. It was baseball. There's a ball. It's going to be in a spot. Hopefully I can handle it, hit it. And he didn't get bogged down by the fact, oh, my God, I got to hit a home run or we're going to lose. That's what makes him, him great. That's what makes the ones that can do it in that moment great. And, and, and all the through baseball. You last thing I'll add to that moment, Mike, is my dad used to have an expression he would say about certain players. He would say, that guy's got ice water in his veins. He carried that through after the game, on the stage. He was just like, yeah, you know what? We got four more. We're just going to get a go. That's it. Like anybody else would have been losing their so mind. I know these guys are major leaguers. They're also human. They also get absorbed by the situation too. The crowd is roaring. You're standing in there. You know you got to do something. The disappointment if you don't do something. Those negative thoughts can come into your head. That dude at that moment, not one negative thought came into his head. It was concentration, concentration. Throw me sinker, 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 sinker. I can tell by now that they're not foolish enough to try to sneak a fastball by me. So he's leaning. He's leaning to that side. He's shifting his body to that side to the point where he can get the bat head on a ball that's on the outside part of the plate. And that's what the beauty of that at-bat was. So San Diego played right into it by being scared and saying, the only way we can get this out is sinker, sinker, sinker. We got to stay away, away, away. And that was the wrong thing to do with that situation because the batter was one up on you. All right. The game's not over now, okay? They've got the lead. So the Phils are going to win this, right? Well, let's go back to Bob Melvin. Um, there's only one pitcher left for the Phillies that can close. It's David Robertson. That's all the only guy that they can use at that situation. But Suarez had come to the park that day, and they asked him, how do you feel? Can you help us out? He says yes. In fact, I think Dominguez, after the game, said that, that he talked to him and, and said, hey, hey, man, you might have to help us out today. He probably said that in Spanish, but that's what he, what he, that's what he said. So, so in the sixth inning, here comes Ranger Suarez to the bullpen. Now, the bullpen guys are going, hmm, I wonder what this is all about. Well, this is about the moment that we're going to get to. <coughs> Can we me. back up to the moment where he says it to him in Spanish? Does he go? Yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I, I wish I could uh, say it in Spanish. But, uh, to do it. <laughs> yeah, in fact, let, let me, uh, you know. We're going to need you today, man. I've had I've had enough Spanish <laughs> to be able to 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 uh, to do this, uh, and so yeah, let, you're you're right. Let, let's track this down because before we get to the next moment, let me get hey, to the, uh, let me get because hey, man. Well, <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it in broken English. <laughs> All right, so let's let's go uh, right here. Okay, here here we go. Uh, um, yo yo, yo neces- necesitas. Right? We need is necesitas, right? Necesitas no, tú. Uh, okay, here, here's what he said, Dwight. <laughs> We're going to amigo, get in trouble for this. Amigo, tienes que estar listo hoy. Which means, hey, man, you have to be ready today. All right? Hey, man, tienes que estar listo hoy. That's what he said. Okay? So here we go. All right. Here um, we go. Okay. Robertson comes in. He strikes at Will Myers. Let me just say this for the record for you Padre fans out there listening, maybe to the podcast. Will Myers stinks. All right. This guy was like supposed to be a golden boy coming into baseball. He stinks. Uh, he didn't hit all series. And uh, 
And I've been saying it all along. The Padres just don't have enough hitting from top to bottom in their lineup. They got a lot of feeble hitters in that lineup. You get past Machado, you, uh, Soto and Machado, you really don't have much. So it's a strain for them to score runs. Um, so, so, so now Robertson walks Brandon Drury, and he walks Kim. So there's first and second now. Suarez is in the bullpen, and that's enough for Thompson. He brings him into the game, and uh, Trent Grisham is the hitter. Now, um, I got to tell you, bad baseball offends me. It really does. It sickens me when, when I see bad baseball in front of me, right? So Trent Grisham came into the series as a hot hitter, hasn't come close to getting a hit in the series. He bunts. Their runners at first and second. The tying run is on second base. He bunts the first pitch. I'm going, what? So Not he, to mention, Suarez is the top fielding Suarez is the gold lover. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at people on Twitter, maybe Padre fans go, well, you know, it, it was probably a good play because the, the ground was wet and the pitcher was going to slip. Your sister was a good play. All right. It's first and second, and the tying run is on second base. And and you give them an out? Now, I don't know if Melvin had him bunting. First pitch, it seems like that would be a sign from the bench that the third base coach flashes to him to bunt, to give them the second out. Now, who's on deck? Is it Willie Mays? No, it's Austin freaking Nola. You gave them an out on a sacrifice bunt. It's the second out to move guys to second and third. For what? Austin Nola? He can't hit. That's what they did. I'm sitting there. Quote money ball. Quote it. Take the out. Say thank you. Listen, man. <laughs> I'm I'm watching that moment. I'm going, if that's what that guy Melvin produces, I could win manager of the year. I can I I mean I'm it's mind-boggling to me how a major league manager, he played in the big leagues, he's managed for forever, he doesn't use hater, he has Grisham give the Phillies a second out. By bunting for for Austin Nola. I mean, I, it's just beyond me. L- l- listen, it benefited the Phillies. But um, that's managerial malpractice. And, and I'm going, my God, if that happened in Philadelphia, this fan base would be all over it. So what I did was um, I went on Twitter after the game to see how San Diego Padres fans reacted to that particular situation. And uh, I listen, I, I always knew that the West coast fans and the East coast fans are, are completely different. It's like night and day. I did not expect the level of softness that I saw on Twitter with the Padre fans tweeting in. And I'm going to give you a couple examples of this because I, I had to go back. I was so like, dude, what's wrong with you people? Okay. Um, here it is. Um, <laughs> I, 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 you have to wait for this. I know I should be ready for this, but since this is uh, like an ongoing podcast, you're going to have to. Uh, you can... There are no rules with podcasts, Mike. We can you know, say what we want, do what we want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so so. Uh, well, hold on a second here. Um, all right, here it is. By the way, you're giving a lot of credit. 
you know, reading tweets like Twitter. Well, Twitter goes I, back I, and forth. I, between I just wanted salvation. to get a sample. I didn't really expect to discover this. I expected people right. to go because I know in Philadelphia, if a manager made two bonehead moves like that, that kind of cost them a series at the end of a game, Philly fans would be incensed, and it wouldn't matter what they did to that point in the season because the manager would have messed up so bad. It, it was something Philly fans or fans on the East Coast, like Red Sox fans or even Yankee fans, would never have forgotten. So I go, and this is the first tweet I find. James E. Clark. James, if you're out there, listen, I apologize for outing you. I just couldn't help it. The the, uh, at Padres will be home tonight from their flight. They will go back to Petco. Padres fans need to show up in full force to greet them. Provide some love to the players who fought all the way until the end. What? After you lose a game like that, you're going to greet him at the airport? Uh, I, 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 it, listen, here it is. Annie uh, Hellbrun. Annie. Questioning the decision-making in the eighth is understandable. Just remember, the same guy you're angry at there is the guy who got your team this far in the postseason. Not saying any of it is right or wrong, but just to see some perspective. Perspective? Your job is to try to manage a team to get to that level. You don't get credit for that and then still get credit for muffing the whole thing. You're supposed to be a major league manager who knows what to do in that situation. And it goes on and on and on. Here you go. VP. Hey, Padres and Padres fans, let's be sad for a moment, but not a moment more. Don't talk shit about Bob Melvin or anyone on our team. These men did more for us than we've experienced in forever, and it has been so much more fun in October than ever. Much more to come. Now, am I crazy? Darren, am I crazy? Would you have gotten a reaction like that in Philadelphia after what had happened to the Padres at the end of that game? This city would have ostracized him. They would have just, I mean, it would never end. We would hear this. We would hear that shit for months, Mike. Months burying the manager. I mean, Girardi got buried, buried for just for half. I know it's not playoffs, but still half the malpractice. So this city is a that's the difference between. Listen, you know what? I want to say this. I got to say this because Fox and TBS, whoever had all has had all these games this postseason. They have done an excellent job of highlighting the Philadelphia fan. We have been stars in these broadcasts. They've absolutely brought us to the forefront. And but one of the things they've been saying about is our intelligence. And and then goes back to what you're saying. Philly fans would have destroyed their manager for that because he would have taken something from it. If you're a real fan, you understand the game. That's naturally what you have done because there were two boneheaded moves that contributing to you getting eliminated in the series. So let me read one more. This guy's name is Cash Goldman. Cash says this. He didn't sack bunt. He was going for a bunt hit on a soaked infield. Jesus, it's amazing to see how many people don't understand baseball. Are you kidding me, dude? And I write back, he was freaking scared to hit. He hasn't had a hit all series. Whether he did it on his own or got the bunt sign, who effing bunts on a gold glove pitcher with the tying run and scoring position and give them the second out? <laughs> I was like, what is, oh, it's just, 
bad baseball. It's a lack of intelligence in how bad to baseball offends yeah. me. And this Grisham either peed his pants to the point where he goes, "Oh my god, I can't get a hit here. I might as well bunt." And I go, "You're a major league player." And if he did it on his own, he's delinquent. If he got a, a sign from the dugout or a third base coach to bunt, what are you? What are you managing? I mean, that's uh, it's almost hard to believe. But 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 and, it, and maybe it was desperation because I think you might even have said it. I don't know if he he's he's was hitless in at least the series, if not so even played, further back. You, you got to still believe in yourself as a play. You go, you don't want to base hit ties the game. I can't give that. The last thing I could do is give them an out. I make it easy for him. Second and third, okay. I move the runners up. The next guy's got to get a hit to score him. The next guy's Austin Nola, not Willie Mays. All right. So so that's that. Now. um Let's just uh, actually move forward. Now, this is a po- I wanted this podcast to just be a reaction because normally after a game, you've known me for so many years, I would have these kind of reactions. I would be firing away, and I, I fired away in this podcast, but I fired away mostly because Bryce Harper carved a moment out that, that is going to live in infamy. Uh, and, and the Phillies have gone to the World Series where you never expected that to happen, and that makes them the most amazing Philadelphia sports story ever. And I know you can argue that in a bar, but I'm telling you, all, the case I made for all the other teams uh, do not match what this Phillies team has done because the other teams were kind of expected and had more of a pedigree to succeed than this Phillies team did, all except for maybe the 87 Flyers. Now, they didn't win it, but when they got to the Stanley Cup Finals, it was you know pretty miraculous also. Uh, but this tops everything. So, so now they, they go to the World Series. And I'm, and I'm curious to know, listen, Philadelphia's going to be lit up. There were three games are, are going to come back here on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, and they start the series in Houston. So let's just talk for a moment about their chances in this series. Um, the Phillies, by winning on Sunday, have their pitching staff lined up. Now, I, I don't know if he'll go to Nola in game one, who's got more rest, or whether he will go with Wheeler. That, that will be announced probably this week. To me, it doesn't matter. You you both got him on rest. If you want to give Wheeler an extra day rest because he, he melted down a little bit, 87 pitches, the velocity went down like five miles per hour. If you think he needs another day rest, he may go with Nola in game one. Regardless, you got Nola and Wheeler lined up to pitch both games in Houston. That's a major advantage for them. Now, you're going to get Verlander. Uh, so, you know, that's maybe an even match. Houston's going to be favored in this series, I'll tell you right now. Um, they play in cushy comfort. They're a good team. Listen, they're a good team. They're probably the best team in baseball. But they play in cushy comfort. When they open the roof, it's balmy in Houston. When they close the roof, it's, it's beautifully temperature controlled. They're coming to Philadelphia where it's going to be brisk. And, and I, I don't know how a team is going to react in, in chilly, maybe windy, maybe rainy weather. I, I, can't, I don't know what the weather is going to be. What My point is that Houston will not be in their comfort zone when they come to Philadelphia. So if the Phillies can steal one game in Houston, they can win the series. Yeah, they can, they can possibly win this series. Their pitching oh, staff Michael, is lined up. They're, there's more depth. Houston's pitching staff has a lot more depth. I, I get it, yeah. especially in their starting pitching. You know, their game three guy is going to be better than what the Phillies throw out for game three. Uh, but, you know, if you have believed this far, and, and if this postseason hasn't taught you to believe that maybe the Phillies are leading charmed lives right now, then I don't know what you might you might be on Mars. 
because that's what I see right now. The way they have dispatched teams, the Cardinals, the Braves, and the Padres, they have lost one game. You know, Houston hasn't lost any game. The Phillies have only lost a game. <laughs> so let's just, let's just keep that in mind. No, they've lost two. I'm sorry. They've lost two games. So uh, and you're and you're 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 kind of I mean they're not maybe the best they're the best team in baseball yeah Houston's I mean, the best team in baseball they're gonna they're gonna be gonna have McCullers probably in that game too a healthy yeah there's McCullers out there there's Framber Valdez who's been unhittable uh, right. they've got Bulls uh, and they're good so um, if you're gonna ask me whether I think Houston is gonna win the series I would probably say if I had to make a bet. I would probably take Houston to win this series. But like I said before, it doesn't matter at this point. What the Phillies have done have proven, first of all, getting to the World Series is the accomplishment. Second of all, they may be charmed enough to pull this off and win the series. Dusty Baker hasn't won a World Series yet, right? I know he's a very successful manager, hasn't won a World Series. He wasn't a manager when they won. So, uh, and they lost to the Braves. So, uh, we'll see what happens. And the thing on Dusty... A lot of people think, well, he's afraid to actually take that chance to do. See, like he plays it by rote. He, he when, when he has to make a, an aggressive move, he doesn't want to make that aggressive move. I hope that comes into play in this series. Um, but uh, listen, we're gonna we're gonna try to do a podcast every day this week because we got to follow this amazing story. And this story was lit up. The Eagles didn't play, so it was a focus completely on the Phillies. And uh, I, I, I just. Um, I'm just stunned by the fact that they got a dramatic home run to win it. You know, The Natural is probably my favorite sports movie of all time, Darren. And when Roy Hobbs hits the light tower, I literally get tears in my eyes. I remember being, I had a girlfriend once, and uh, we were watching The Natural together. Women don't get The Natural. Like, like I get it. Right? How long ago? I, it, it was just one of the like, girlfriends that I knew, uh, I've known? Or? I don't know, maybe. It's possible. <laughs> but, but, but anyway... Um, when Roy Hobbs hits the home run, me being a baseball guy and into the romance of baseball and the dramatic moments of baseball, I get tears in my eyes every time I watch The Natural because the music drives me to tears. That orchestral music with the bass drums, boom, boom. And, and, and like, it's, it makes me emotional. So she turns to me once and goes, you're the, most, you're the least emotional guy I've ever dated. The freaking natural, true. the freaking natural makes you cry, and 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 nothing in a relationship makes you weepy. <laughs> and you are, and you're the most emotional oh, no. friend, of, the least emotional friend no, no, I've no. ever had. When it, when, it, when it really hits me, I have Italian emotion that it pours out. It doesn't pour out for frivolous things, but when Roy Hobbs hits the light tower, it pours the freak out. And when Bryce Harper hit that home run, the first thing I thought about was Roy Hobbs. You needed to hit it. You hit it. It's damn hard to do that in baseball. And everybody who's a great player around, you've seen them all fall. And you've seen them all get off to bad starts. And they start grinding the bat. And they start thinking about all the expectations and how they're going to let their fans down and this and that. And once that gets in your head, you're done. That never. Well, let me ask you this then. All right. You're, you're with you're the girlfriend. You're watching the movie, watching The Natural. You get a little misty-eyed. Did I what? I'll ask the question. Did it work out for you? <laughs> no, I, I know. His relationship that didn't, you know, work out. But it's not about the relationship. I'm not the night, but yeah. It's, 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 uh, well, of course it works out. I mean, <laughs> come on. 
I mean, well, that part works out, but that's, that's beside the point. The point has nothing to do oh, with the relationship right? or the girl. Asking a question. It, 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 it has to do with the romance of baseball and what Bryce Harper did in a moment that people who live in this era now will carry that with them the rest of their lives. Whether you were there, whether you were watching the game, your team was about to lose until your superstar stepped up, figured it out enough intelligence-wise – analyzing the game to know he was going to get a certain pitch and that he needed to get his hands behind that ball and push it to left field. There are a lot of guys that will see that pitch, get ahead of themselves, and what do they do? They roll it over for a ground ball to second base. He stayed inside the ball and drove it to left center field. That's a great hitter. And to do that in that kind of circumstance is just phenomenal. So, and you're natural, and you know you've known me a long time. I'm a much more emotional guy than you are. I wear my heart on my sleeve. Uh-huh. I, your natural is my Moneyball. I okay. love Moneyball. Yeah, it's that's my, fine. That's and, I, and, I, and I love Moneyball too. It had the same drama when Hatterberg hit same that home drama. run. Same drama. And you've seen the yeah. people who've cut the music to the Harper home run already. It's been. It's just been two days right. or not, I'm sorry, eighteen hours. It. That was to win twenty in a row. Okay. Whoopsie damn do. This is to win a series. You need to hit a home run in front of your home crowd to win a freaking series to get to the World Series. The drama is a hundredfold from what Scott Hatterberg did in Moneyball. Although Moneyball, I mean, let's be honest, if we're being honest, happened. That happened. Roy Hobbs is a fictional character. <laughs> That's why I think you could, there's, a, there's a discussion to have. But no, I'm talking about Harper, not Hobbs. Yeah, I know. Harper's home. You, know, you said Harper's home run was like Hatterberg's. Yeah, I'm not talking about Roy Hobbs created a moment of cinema that made me cry. I but agree. Harper created the real moment in a situation that was much loftier than what Scott Hatterberg did at Moneyball. Uh, yeah, I get. <laughs> Are you right. kidding me? The bigger You're moment. Even you even have to it's think a about moment, this, but it's a it's a it's a fictional moment as opposed to a non. No, I'm not a fictional moment. moment. Harper's not a fictional moment. Harper's a real moment. I'm no, talking about Hobbs Harper versus Hatterberg. Roy Hobbs is a fictional moment. That's my point. I'm, I'm not like, talking about Roy Hobbs right now. I'm talking about Harper's moment compared to Hatterberg's. Yeah. Are you not okay. listening? <laughs> Six in one, half dozen in the other. Oh, forget about it. I know, look, I know you love Moneyball, but please. I do. All right. I love uh, <laughs> That team also had a great team, by the way. You, 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 yeah. that's, oh, that's they funny. don't talk I, about Mulder. And, well, and, and, I mean, the pitching staff is ridiculous. I, I, I love Moneyball, but we get a little carried away with, like, like they grab kids off the street and put right. them on the field and won 20 in a row, right? They had Tejada. They had uh, yeah. Chavez. You know, they, they had yeah. the, they had a great pitching staff. Yeah, their Hudson Mulder. Their, their pitching yeah. staff was like yeah, four aces. Yeah. All right. So uh, All right. I think that's going to do it for today. This was just going to be a reaction podcast today. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, normally, we do two podcasts a week, Tuesday, Thursday. But, you know, this, this Phillies thing has has really kick-started us to try to do a podcast every day to touch base with people. So I, I hope you, you like this. I hope you listen to it. I hope uh, – that uh, you, you spread the word on the Mike Misnelli podcast. Again, uh, it's brought to us by, by Bet Rivers, and, uh, and you can get it on any podcast network. Uh, tell, tell your friends. Just type it. Even if you go to Google, type in the Mike Misnelli podcast, it'll pop up. You get it on Spotify. You get it on Google. You get it on Amazon. Uh, and you get it on, on uh, uh, Apple iTunes. Yeah. yeah. So wherever you YouTube, get your podcast. Mike Tube, any tube. 
yeah. So this, just stick it in. Uh, make make sure you, you you listen to it on your afternoon drive home from work because uh, a lot of people are saying we really miss you in the afternoon. I love to put the radio on. Listen, to it. well, you can listen to me on the podcast and you can listen to this kind of fresh reaction every day as we now have like four days to wait until the World Series. So we're going to line up as many special guests as we can to analyze this Phillies thing. Yeah. We're emptying the clip on Phillies guests for the next two weeks. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff lined up. Yeah. So uh, don't miss the Mike Missinelli podcast. Uh, again, uh, it's the most dramatic moment maybe in Philly sports history. Uh, the only thing that comes close is the Philly special. But again, you're right, Darren. The circumstance of that and the Philly special, they still had to play a second half in that game after the Yeah, Philly it was special, halftime. Right? Uh, so yeah, and 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 for me, it's uh, the the most um, amazing Philly sports story ever. And and you know you remember the ones, right? Um, you, you don't have to go back to the, to the Sixers when they won the championship. They were supposed to win the championship. They were great. They were maybe the best team of all time, right? So th- that doesn't resonate like like this uh, resonates. Uh, the '87 Flyers kind of resonates, but again, it's the Flyers. It's hockey. It's not many, not not a hundred percent of the people are, are into hockey. The '93 um, Phillies forged that kind of a story in the city. But again, they went wire to wire. Like they almost went ten and zero to start the season. They, and their pitching staff was great. And, and like they they had established themselves as a really good team. So that wasn't uh, while it was charming. It, it it was kind of expected because they had proven that they were that good of a team. Uh, and then uh, of course the OA Phillies were the favorites to win the whole thing. This team has come from nowhere. And they've come from nowhere at the right time. And they've blended in. And, and all this faith that Dombrowski had, that, yeah, just just wait on, wait. You know, it's going to come, it's going to come, it's going to come. And nobody believed it was going to come. They believed that the Phillies were going to get in the playoffs and probably get eliminated quickly. And here they are in the World Series. I would have never figured it. You would have never figured it. But but the moment is here. And, and we're all just delighted to And you know what? A lot baseball. of people... Mike, I'll talk this real fast before we go because you like to rail on me a lot that I'm not a baseball because I worked, I played you're football, football man, NFL films, yeah. mm-hmm. and you're a baseball guy. So we've had this football versus baseball discussion often, mm-hmm. and a lot of people in the last few days are talking, you know, Eagles Super Bowl versus you know Phillies World Series. To me, you know, like when the Eagles won, it was a relief. It was a release, right? It was. It wasn't Phillies baseball when this t- when it's good. It's more fun. It's just fun. It's just, you know, fathers and sons. For me, it's fathers and daughters and you, same thing. And uh, I'm just enjoying this so much. Yeah, no, you're right about that. When when the Phillies are good, that's why guys, uh, you know, Jason Wirth said when you win here, and Schilling said it way back in the day, uh, when you win here, there's, there's, there's no better city. Uh, and you're seeing it now. You're seeing it play out live at the Citizens Bank ballpark. Uh, on on a nightly basis and and it's a hell of a lot of fun so hopefully they can keep it going if they win this world series it's just like you 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 almost have to like put this put this year in a bottle and and stick it and put a cork in it and put it on your mantle that's how special that would be comparable really this team wins the world series uh anyway this is the mike misnelli podcast Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate you listening. We're going to come at you probably again tomorrow with another one and then another one and then another one as we lead up to game one uh, Friday in in Houston. Plenty of special guests. Uh, Have a great rest of the night, everybody. Mike Missanelli podcast uh, sponsored by Bet Rivers. And I'm out. Thanks for listening to the Mike Missanelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.